Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. It's the most wonderful time of the year, don't you think so, Wendy? It certainly is. <laughs> yeah, no, I love, I do, I love, I love Christmas. I really do. I like, um, I like all the lights. I love Christmas lights, and I love them to a strange point of obsession, almost. I, yeah, because Christmas lights are fun, and um, <laughs> they look pretty in the snow. Well, it also right. It, the thing is, I can handle the snow up until Christmas. Like after Christmas, I I don't want it anymore. Which is funny because we have no snow right now. No, we don't. In and well, it it had some flurries today in Minneapolis. Um, okay, and it's supposed okay. to, it's supposed to snow up here over the next couple of days, just in time for me to drive to Wisconsin. So I'm really looking forward to that. Well, we did have a little flurries here as well, but um, I don't know for what is it two days before Christmas. Usually, it seems like we have more snow on the ground, and right now there's really none. So it doesn't feel too Christmassy. No, it doesn't feel Christmassy except for the lights and and all the the warmth in our hearts and the goodwill towards men. I feel. Uh, indeed, yes. So today we're going to talk about some Christmas traditions. Wendy, what's your? Do you guys have any particular family tradition or something like that that uh, you really enjoy or look forward to or remember fondly? Yeah, I mean, I would say I remember being a kid, just the 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 whole like Santa tradition of um, we wake up really early on Christmas morning and have to wait until a certain time until we were allowed to wake up our parents and then. <laughs> Sure. Everybody goes running out into the family room and sees what Santa brought. And I don't know. That was always really fun. How about you? That is. Well, no, that is, the Santa one, a Christmas morning is always the big one where you can't, you know, you can't fall asleep because you're too excited about what's going to happen in the morning. Right. And I enjoyed right. that. Well, um, I always liked on Christmas Eve, we'd go to my aunt's house in Milwaukee and everybody would just be hanging out in the basement and the basement have all Christmas lights and Christmas music playing and the adults would be drinking, the men would be playing poker, the um, we'd all be eating and talking and running around and stuff. And then it's a certain point in the evening, like this would be sometime in, in the night, um, you'd hear a, a, like jingle bells upstairs. And oh, that would boy. mean that uh, Santa came and that... <laughs> And that uh, he had dropped off presents for everybody, and but so that's cool. And so then, so he he would visit you while you were all still awake. Then, yeah, I mean, we would do the Christmas morning thing too. But like, we would get gifts from our relatives on Christmas Eve, and then a, uh, and, and okay. some and some of those gifts would be from from Santa as well. Okay, gotcha. And so you would get um, and that was so Santa, double Santa. Yeah, so Santa would visit. Uh, he would visit uh, Austin Street in Milwaukee, which is delightful. On a special, on a special trip, and so I always that was always exciting. And then we just play with the toys with all of our cousins and run around until I don't know, you know, eleven o'clock, eleven thirty. And then some people would drift off to go to midnight mass, and we would drive back um, into Waukesha and stuff like that. And so I just I always re- remember that, and that was the most fun was hearing those bells because that was like That's the cool. you know that I'm tra- like Pavlov's dogs. You know, I just, oh, <laughs> presents. presents, toys, oh my God. But it's it's more the um, 
like the feeling of excitement of like, oh, I'm going to get something. I don't know what it is. You know, just, I don't know. That that part was always really fun, I thought. Yes. No, and the, uh, and the, just the immediacy of it. You know, you'd be able to, you'd grab the toy and then you'd start, get to start playing right, right. now. Like right now. And then, yep, I mean, you, pretty cool. we would have like, there'd be like 30 people all opening. It just was a, it was a fun, it was a fun kind of thing. <laughs> so that's a, that's a memory I, I enjoy. That Christmas tradition, I, um, I wish we still had. So uh, that Very that nice. was a fun thing to think about, but like like I said, it, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and you know that song, right? I certainly do. Right, you know, like it's some the of the most words. Wonderful time. That's the one that I always think of when I'm shopping and people are um, elbowing me out of the way and yeah, <laughs> shoving things into their carts. <laughs> right, Andy Williams <laughs> came came out 1963. It's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the hap happiest season of all with those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. Which of these things here doesn't fit? <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll have to go with um, the ghost stories for 200 hours. <laughs> right. Like you're listening to the song and you don't even pick up on this. The, the mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the, there'll be scary ghost stories. What are you talking about, Willis? Andy, Andy Williams? Um, and, and that's the Yeah, thing. I always wondered about that, actually. That line always caught me. And I, I thought, I mean, I just sort of, I sort of just assumed it was from, you know, uh, a Christmas story. A Christmas, or Christmas Carol, right? A Christmas, but, um, Christmas stories. You'll, but you'll I was shoot like, your eye out. It seemed a little bit weird dropped in there like that, though. When you're you're talking about like just using the adjective "scary ghost stories," not like I don't know, interesting ghost stories. Well, that's because there is a tradition of people telling scary stories on Christmas Eve. That's a particular in um, a particularly English. A, a British tradition of telling uh, ghost stories on Christmas Eve, and that and that's part of where uh, Charles Dickens got that stuff for the Christmas Carol, and and we'll talk about that in in a little bit. But um, no, I wanted to use that line from "It's the most wonderful time of year" as kind of a, as kind of an introduction because it's just so ridiculous. You're like, what? Where did that come from? Like Halloween is a couple of months ago. And, um, you know, one of the things we brought up in, in the Krampus episode. Now, Wendy, you weren't with us for the Krampus episode because you were enjoying a vacation in sunny California. Um, right. I, w- I wasn't there, but I did listen to it. Right. Of so, course. So the, while we were freezing. And that's when it was cold. Like, it, it's been warm the past couple days, but it, that's when it was cold. Uh, so that's why we were jealous. But, I mean, what we, <laughs> we talked about some of the stuff that went on in the uh, medieval kind of winter festival and Christmas tradition. And, you know, they, they talk about the things of like the 12 days of Christmas, right? And the first day of Christmas. That's because they used to party for 12 days. So number one, that's way better than just getting like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off. Like most people don't even get Christmas yeah. Eve off. You know, most people just get Christmas Day off and uh, New Year's Day off. And that's pretty much it. And so, but like they had like 12 days of partying in the Middle Ages. So like while their lives may have been nasty, brutish, and short, um, 
they still at least got more of a Christmas vacation than we do as adults in the 21st century. It's like, we have iPhones, <laughs> but we still got to go to work. So you've heard the word Yuletide, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. So, okay. Well, um, Yule is kind of the modern English representation of an old English word uh, that I can't pronounce, like Jule, Jihul. Um <laughs> Okay. And that and was that, a, that was that, that was their twelve day festival. Oh, I thought it was a log. <laughs> well, they burn the Yule log too <laughs> because they burn it during that that twelve day festival. Um, I see. Okay. And so the Germanic peoples and 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 the thing is is that they, uh, you know, they did this before um, they had their midwinter festival before there was Christianity. So they have okay. this they have this Yule festival. Um, and it's pagan, big midwinter party. And, um, well, the Christians kind of, they use that. You know, just because, so, so Christians, what they would do is, well, if you want to convert people, you don't want to get rid of their party. And yeah, it's, right. And it's already, I mean, um, we, we talk about this. The reason they have these parties and stuff like that is because it's nighttime. I mean, it is night for a long time. We just had um, the winter solstice, right? The longest night of the year. That's right. That was uh, yesterday. And and I woke up after the longest night of the year. I woke up at six o'clock in the morning, go work out, blah, blah, blah. It did not get light here until quarter to eight. Oh, yeah, right. So it really, it was like, <laughs> oh, my God. It really did That's feel like the, the longest <laughs> night, the, light, the night that never ends. And, longest night ever. And so you don't want to get rid of people's parties and stuff like that. So And, and they don't even think that Jesus was born, you know, the cosmic conflagration of stars um, mm-hmm. that the three wise men followed. It wasn't even in December. It was September. Okay. So the idea, I mean, so they're moving Jesus' birthday to midwinter <laughs> so they don't give rid of, so they don't dump the party. Right. And well, I mean, right, because you're trying to convert people over. Right. And be like, wait, I can party with this religion. I can't party with that one. <laughs> and, you know, and, and they talk, they talk about the, um, the, when it's more dark than it is light, especially in Europe, and this is where we talk about Halloween and the Harvest Festival, is that the um, walls between the spirit world and our world, that's when they're the thinnest. So on Halloween, Whoa. you know, that's where you're wearing frightening masks to be disguised um, so that they, you know, you look like a monster to them too. You look like an evil spirit, a troll, a ghost, or other strange creatures. And, so you fit um, in. That, that's exactly right. So then they're like, oh, we're not going to bother him because he looks like a ghost too. <laughs> but, and so they even had something called the Yule Goat in Scandinavia. And they, <laughs> I love that. The Yule Goat. That's awesome. And so here's how one 17th century man describes the Yule Goat. The young man who manipulated the Yule Goat had joined two poles in such a way the upper end of one of them was provided with an oblong head looking like a goat. The jaws of this could open or close as he wished, and this made a terrible noise. Um, and so, did the noise did the noise sound like this? <laughs> I think that was the Yule goat. <laughs> but I mean, people would go around scaring other people in the streets from Christmas Eve until the twelfth night. And so during so, the tw- during the twelve days of Christmas, like acting like a demon, acting like it was Halloween, that was. I mean, they would do a lot of this stuff throughout the entire winter period. Wow, that doesn't sound a lot like the kind of Christmas spirit that we're used to. No, it it, it doesn't. Um, but that that's the kind of thing we're talking about. I mean, we even have reports of 
uh, people are trick-or-treating in the United States on Thanksgiving in New York City and in New Jersey. Um, wow. So they are, you know, they called That's it... a bit late. They called it mumming. Season. They called it mumming, mummery. <laughs> Dressing up and saying trick-or-treat kind of thing is that, that it's... You know, it's the same thing we were talking about with Krampus and the European wild man and all these kind of celebrations where people were celebrating their the spirit world, demons, trolls, ghosts, the undead, that kind of thing during the winter season and the midwinter festival when when you okay. have when you have the thin walls between the spirit world and our world. Spooky. And so, you know, it's not that weird that they have a that they have a uh, tradition of telling ghost stories during the Christmas season. Ah, hence scary ghost stories. <laughs> right, that's exactly right. Yada, yada, yada. Now, um, so it's, it's not a reference to the Dickens thing? Well, no, in not, not in particular. But the thing is, Charles okay. Dickens, in A Christmas Carol, kind of, he molded our modern idea of Christmas. More than anybody else. So you take um, in the 17th century, there's a guy named Oliver Cromwell, and the, you know that we can go into the Oliver in- Cromwell. Oliver Cromwell. We can go into the entire English Civil War at a different time. Um, but just know that he, the Puritans get into power. I mean, we're already talking about the Yule Christmas, the whole party having a basis in paganism, right? And so right, what they right. do is they ban Christmas. Oh man! And and Christmas, I mean, didn't really recover for a long. I mean, they 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 took the ban off when Oliver Cromwell eventually um, he was you know he died and then his son was in power for a little bit. But they eventually they they, they brought the king back twenty years later, or the king's son. They beheaded the king, but they brought the king's son back twenty years later, and uh, the restoration. And then you know uh, Christmas came back, but it, it didn't come back in a big way. Yeah. Oh. until Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol uh, in, 18, okay. in 1843. And, I mean, The Christmas Carol really, um, I mean, first of all, it's just it's just when um, Queen Victoria, beca- I mean, just a couple years after, you know, she, be, you know, gets, she gets married to a, uh, like a, a German. And so another thing is that the German guy brings the, the Germanic traditions, he brings the Christmas tree tradition to England in the 1840s that it wasn't there before. Um, you know, the whole, the whole tea time thing becomes a, becomes a tradition. And, right. and then, uh, you know, they start telling ghost stories again. And, you know, Charles Dickens actually had written um, a Christmas carol as kind of a, a different uh, he was writing it in, in a part of a different story originally, so it wasn't going to be Ebenezer Scrooge. It was about a great. Oh. It was about a miserly grave digger who gets visited by goblins, kind of thing. Cool. And then eventually, um, he decides to bring it as as a Christmas Carol instead. Interesting. And, and so I didn't know that. So the way we celebrate it, I mean, he brought that kind of. Um, I mean, that was his signature story at the time. I mean, he. That was like when he he did his retirement live reading or whatever. That was the story he decided to read to people was that. So it really was his most popular uh, story. And the idea of the nuclear family spending Christmas together and that kind of – that really brought that 
Christmas Christmas tradition and stuff like that to England, which they brought to us. And, you know, we kind of carry that on, <laughs> that, that on right. today. And so, but in the 19th century, telling ghost stories on Christmas Eve was just, uh, I mean, that was something that That was they, normal. Yeah, that was just something they did. Is it part of the tradition, like putting out cookies for Santa? Yes, there was. And, and there was a whole bunch of great uh, stories. If you ever read The Turn of the Screw by Henry James, like, um, it's about a group of- I don't of, think I've read that. It's a, it's a great novel. So, I mean, read, okay. read it. It's what, you know, it's funny because you're like, all oh, these Victorian novels and stuff like that are so, you know, they're boring and stuff. No, you can go all the way back. You can go all the way. You can read Jane Austen. Like, for the people that don't read. Um, uh-huh. you can, <laughs> no, you can read Jane Austen. You can read Charles Dickens. You can read Turn of the Screw. You can read Jane Eyre. All of those great. Thomas Hardy. Yeah, all of those great books. And, you know, you're going to be, um, it do, they don't feel dated. I mean, some no, of them. No, they feel real, real soap opera-y. Yeah, they just—I mean, it's, they it's lure you in, and you want to keep reading, and it's—it's it's interesting. It does—you're right. It doesn't—you don't feel like you're reading an old like, you know, transcript or something where it's the language is so different that it's difficult to actually right. wait, <laughs> read <wait>. quickly. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I tried to read the Bible. You know, I, I remember I was at some. Um, <laughs> I remember doing that once too. You'd be like, okay, and it probably was in a hotel, and it's like, you know what? I'm going to read the Bible. Because it's here, and it's in. I mean, a lot of people love this book, you know, and they talk about it in church every week. And I, I better check I hear it out. It's pretty popular. It's a bestseller. Right, it's a big one. It's like, oh, it's the greatest story ever told. Okay, well then you try to read it, and you're like, oh my god. I mean, you get into the, <laughs> you know, you start getting to the begets, you know, like right after Adam and Eve, yeah. and they kicked out, and and the, the language All is the so dry and boring and blah. What I'm saying is, reading a. Vic- it's, it's easy to get ca- caught up in the language and and miss like what's actually happening. Right. Narrative. So you just, you can read these Victorian novels and you're not gonna, like the language will not be some kind of barrier. You can go back a couple hundred years. You can read Mary Shelley's original Frankenstein and it is not, it does not feel like a book written, you know, in a completely different era. It just, what I'm just trying to say is, uh, but it wasn't that long ago that those were written either. I mean, no, I mean, but a couple hundred years. Fair. I mean, when you think about a couple hundred years, yeah. I mean, how different would their lives be? You know, they got to you got to worry about that's col- cholera and smallpox right. and, you know, like you don't have electricity or heat or yeah, and dying in childbirth, like the kind of things that, you know, these guys, I mean, just the language wasn't that different. It's pretty awesome. There's a um, there's a writer named M.R. James. And he writes a whole bunch of stories. He's known as like the the um, the best ghost story for Christmas writer outside of Charles Dickens. And Ooh, so you can cool. go, you can find all of his classic stories. The BBC went through and adapted a bunch of them. They had a whole ghost story for Christmas series. Um, huh. And um, you can find all of his stories online and they're super fun. And that's all about the people getting together and telling scary stories. On Christmas Eve, um, so go just ahead to go a little bit off topic, but yeah, it's definitely related. Um, I know that the Doctor Who always has like a Christmas Christmas episode. Is that kind of and it's not a ghost story, but oftentimes there can be frightening things in them. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I, I would say it's a, it's a British thing, so I, it just made me think that like, oh, that's that's sort of along the lines of getting the family together, watching something that's everybody's mutually terrified of. <laughs> and, you know, that is a kind of thing that um, they do really do have a whole bunch of original programming 
on Christmas Day. Like they have the doc- they've had the Doctor Who one on for you know seven or eight years now, and um, there's the Office Christmas special. I mean, they tied up the entire British Office uh, in their wow. in a Christmas special, which is a great one. And um, that's not something we do as much here. Like people try to they rewatch old movies here. Like you know how T- yeah. you know TBS will show a Christmas story twenty four hours a day or. We, yep, Christmas Vacation. It's a Wonderful Life was always the one <laughs> that my family would watch. Um, or the, they would, when I was a kid, sometimes they'd put the old movies in the theaters. Like I remember going to see Miracle on Four, 34th Street. That's cool. Um, you know, because in the theater. Um, and my mother's like, well, she was excited because she hadn't seen the movie since she was a little girl. She's like, oh, let's go. I'm like, okay. And it was fun. You know, it was great. Um, so that kind of thing is fun. But they have a, you know, the British do have original programming that's not necessarily that Christmassy. You know, like Doctor Who will have a Christmas, yeah, will have a, you know, a Christmas theme, but there'll be Christmas monsters. You know, people will be right, right, like the snowman or whatever. Yeah, the, the snowman, snowman was a great one, and I'm really looking forward to this one. They got Nick Frost from Shaun of the Dead and Spaced. <laughs> uh, he's going to be Santa Claus, and there's a lot of Christmas death on Doctor Who, and that's you know. <laughs> Can always enjoy that, you know, as opposed to like our like the Hallmark the Hallmark movies or something like yeah. <laughs> nobody ever gets eaten by a monster in like a Hallmark special or like a, a, a family show in the United States would definitely would not have you know um, yeah an alien invasion you know right. for Christmas. So I do appreciate that. Um, and, and, you know, I think that that might be a kind of extension, like that original program into things that are not necessarily considered Christmassy definitely would be yeah. a, an extension of that. But this tradition of telling, I mean, I would love to bring this tradition back and tell, <laughs> you know, ghost stories on Christmas Eve. In fact, I'm looking at right now. It's funny you mentioned Doctor Who. And I thought about this when I was researching the podcast. But there's a book called Christmas Spirits. Um, that's all about these English um, festive chillers. And it's edited Ooh. by a guy named Peter Haining. And Peter Haining wrote a bunch of Doctor Who, his, like Doctor Who books that I had read when I was a kid. So okay. it's, just, it's funny you brought that up as I was pulling right up to that Christmas Spirits book. And Peter Haining, he wrote a book called The Key to Time, which was for like the, the Doctor Who 20th anniversary. And that was one of the only Doctor Who books that were like at the Waukesha Public Library. And my mom must have got it out of the library for me like six times. So I've read that book. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've read that book like front to back, you know, like 10 times in my life. Yeah. So Peter Haining, I feel had a... You wore the pages out for the next I, person. I did. And so I feel like I feel like he was formative. And so the fact that he also edited a whole uh, a book about um, English Christmas ghost stories makes me like him even more. You know, and, and, and if you go back and... and you talk about the um, the tradition here is that, you know, Shakespeare even called one of his plays The Winter's Tale. And, and it's because these ghost stories were known as winter stories. Ah, okay. And, you know, things, a fantastical story. And um, H.P. Lovecraft ta- references it, Poe references it. References it that the winter's tale, the old wives' fables, the stories about goblins and sprites, um, have to do with the kind of things we tell each other when it's dark outside and when the the walls are thin between the spirit world and, and, and this world. And you think that stuff's kind of fun too, because um, 
you know, today, I mean, how many people, you know, that have a, like a, like a light, like, like a, like a, like a winter light that they have to sit under. <laughs> oh, you, like the, the seasonal, the seasonal affectation disorder. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. A lot of people use those. Yeah. A lot be, because the winter time is, can be a dep- depressing, like it can be a really depressing time. Yeah. You know, it's when dark you, so much. It's cold and unpleasant and, and these, uh, yeah. And these, you know, people getting together and telling stories and having parties and, and midwinter festivals are just a, a kind of way to combat that kind of, I mean, that kind of yeah, and it's effect. Something special to look forward to, too, that you, you could say, kind of like Christmas, where you say, there isn't much that I look forward to during the winter. I mean, I like snow and stuff like that, but I mean, right. in the summertime, it's like, oh, there's Summerfest and there's this and that and the 4th of July and... um. In the winter, it's just like, it's, and then there's Christmas. And then after that, there's then long there's three nights months. of death. <laughs> so if you can say like, hey, we have, you know, winter festival to, you know, something to we're going to dance around to. a bonfire and <laughs> right. It's, well, when I was, it sounds fun. When I was a kid, I used to like, I used to like how it got dark early in winter. I used to think it was fun. Okay, why'd I, you like that? I don't oh. know. I thought it was fun. It was exciting. It was um, I liked it. I liked the dark. I mean, I got my night terrors like every other little kid, but I still there was parts of the there was parts of the dark I really liked the atmosphere the and stuff, and especially at the dark in winter when it's uh you can be outside and it's so silent, you know, because the the snow eats right. all the sound. And yeah, I you know I thought that was fun, but as I get older, I find that um the weather and the sunlight and everything affects me. So yeah, that, and I think it also just loses its charm. You've been through so many, you know, year after year, it's like a cumulative effect of like, okay, what can I, you know, when you're young, you're discovering new and different things each year. And then after a certain point, you feel like you've <laughs> discovered everything there is to discover. And then now right. there's just cold. There's no more of snow or cold that I feel like I need to learn. There's no more <laughs> about shoveling snow, like of a, for your car like shoveling your car out of the, out of the snowbank that I feel like I want to learn again in my life. Yeah, and we we choose to live in a particularly unpleasant place for winters where yeah. you know, it's really slippery outside. You can you it's totally common to slip and fall yes. maybe even numerous times over the course of a season. So, yeah. It's like you injure yourself, <laughs> you freeze your fingers off, your car battery dies, you have to jump start it like 20 times. And uh yeah, and and so people have parties, and you know that, and they tell ghost stories, and um, and now instead of telling ghost stories, which is a tradition that I'm gonna, I'm ghost stories is gonna tradition I'm I'm gonna try to bring back at Christmas, I think, with my family. Um, well, that's is, fun. Y- yesterday, I was looking for something to, fun to do on the solstice, right? Uh-huh. Just looking around, figuring in Minneapolis, there's got to be some pagans doing something. Like <laughs> even in Madison, um, at Oldbrick Park, they got a big, you know, I remember they used to burn stuff. They had a big like bonfire. For the winter solstice. Oh, cool. At the park. So I used to see that and that used to be fun. Um, you know, crazy hippies, Madison. I love them. And, yeah, but I know that's, that's neat that they do that though. Minneapolis, Something I couldn't different. really find much except for they had a dark beer event for the darkest day of the year. <laughs> oh, gosh, so I was like, we're getting the darkest beers out for the darkest day. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess we can celebrate that way. Well, hey, maybe, maybe somebody listening would know of uh, an event in the area that you can check out next year. So yeah. And, and if I, you know of one, please let us know. <laughs> and uh, if I you think, want to throw one, 
And I think we might try to do a Madison Ghosts event next year for uh, Ooh, some crit. That some sounds cr- cool. Yeah, find one of the haunted, you know, um, find one of the uh, the haunted bars, the the bars that That's have ghost an stories awesome in Madison, idea. and just everybody Sign hang out and, and come up and you know have like five or six people tell some ghost stories and have a couple of beers and just do something silly for the holiday. So we'll yeah, see what happens. No, that's but, cool. But I recommend, um, you know, to all of our all of our listeners and friends and stuff like that, that um, tell a ghost story to your family this this Christmas Eve. Uh, if you guys are bored or looking at each other like, oh, there's nothing to do and there's only crap, but the same crap we've seen every year on TV, um, break out, um, break out a ghost story. You can just find find one of the Mr. James stories on your smartphone and read it aloud. You know, give there you give, go. Give the gift of spooky this Yuletide season. And if you find any really good ones, please let us know because I would like to read a good ghost story. Yes, we love we love ghost stories here. I see you on the other side. Yes, um, we do. Well, should we should we introduce a song that kind of talks about ghosts? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And um, before we do that, I just want to mention real quickly, as I always do, that show notes are available online at othersidepodcast.com slash 17. So we'll have links to um, some of the things that we talked about and we'll have the lyrics and um, a link to the song if you just want to listen to it again. Awesome. So what is the song today, Mike? Well, this song we actually wrote uh, a couple of years ago is a Christmas song about uh, when our soldiers came back from Iraq and it dealt with, um, you know, what they'd be, you know, the what they'd be coming home to when they got back and, and the celebration and the and the great stuff that they would have, but also the fact that they saw a little bit too many ghosts Christmas past. This song is called Next Plane Home. There's dust in my bunk and no snow upon the ground. It's a hundred and ten outside I wake up at every sound I'm sick of being afraid And I'm tired of the bad dreams I won't watch my son grow up On a computer screen I've seen too many ghosts of Christmas past I've seen too many ghosts at all I know the fireplace was cold While I was being G.I. Joe And I'm sorry I poured your Christmas wine alone But I won't miss another one This year I put down my gun This Christmas I'm on the next plane home There's a table waiting for me And they're playing my favorite song There's a girl that's waited for me And she's waited for too long Too many friends have gone And I've read too many tags Too many people I love have come back beneath the flag I've seen too many ghosts of Christmas past I've seen too many ghosts at all 
I know the fireplace was cold Well, I was being G.I. Joe And I'm sorry I poured your Christmas wine alone But I won't miss another one This year I'll put down my gun This Christmas I'm on the next plane home This Christmas I'm on the next plane home On the next plane home Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side.